Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. It's a magazine where you get nerd toys. Yeah, yeah. like a detect, uh, detective ID or yeah. like a, like a, um, a fork for spaghettis that you can turn. That you don't have to do it with your hands. Electric. Yeah, electrically. And all this great stuff. Yeah, I got spy glasses. Just spy so glasses. They were dead white and mirrors on both sides. And you yeah. could look back. You didn't look suspicious at all with like glasses <laughs> that were twice as wide as your head. It's great. But to be honest, like every second week in that uh, Ips was basically these. What's that? Yeah, what's that? Yeah, they're like. Uh, it's like a power edge. You put in water and then you have like tiny ass. Like, uh, oh, like grow your own dinosaur sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, exactly. It's their fallback yeah, solution. Is that what they're called? <laughs> sea monkeys? Yeah. There wasn't anything like that when I was growing up. Yeah, that's Not why you Ireland. are what you are. <laughs> Don't be as creative as we are. And like, you know, Germany. you only had grass and a bit of rain over there in Ireland. A lot carrots. of rain. A lot Back of there rain. in Ireland. Potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> and hurling, obviously. Potatoes to play. And hurling. Hey, come on, we've got hurling. Big hurling fan, man. The final world on, on the weekend, right? Did you watch it? I wanted to watch it and I asked my best mate, he's Irish, for a stream and he was like, why the fuck would I know? <laughs> I was like, you okay. should. You should. Ask Ray. Yeah. He knows everything. Ask Ray. You can talk to But Ray was there, wasn't he? Yeah, was no, he, sorry? he was. No, he was. A friend yeah, of mine okay. was there though. Yeah. His family's it's, from Limerick, so. Oh, so were, he enjoyed it. Yeah, he had a wild weekend. Yeah. If you haven't seen Hurling, I would. I, I've seen it. I've seen. Honestly, for, for others, I was thinking of listeners. If they haven't seen it, they could they could go ahead absolutely. And you should check that out. Okay. It's a crazy sport. No idea how, who invented it and why and how, but I like it. Oh yeah, no, and I'm not brave enough to to play it. Should we crack on with the podcast anyway? Mm, yeah. No. Okay. Joining me, Ian McCord, on today's One Football Podcast is Helga Voltman. Hello. Lewis Ambrose. Hello. Nico Hamer. Hey. I'm Benjamin Kuloff. Hello. The email, if you want to get in touch, <laughs> is podcast at onefootball.com. You can't give me a hello like that and then not expect me to get the, a fit of the, the giggles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yes, the email if you want to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com or you can hop onto iTunes, do the rating thing, do the commenting and sit back and feel good about yourself for having done something good for the day. Anthony Lewis was one of those who got in touch uh, and he says, I'm particularly interested in Dan Burke's favorite chocolate. <laughs> oh, that's quite a sentence. So am I. Ian seems like the type to eat any garden variety chocolate that's set in front of him like a ravenous Luis Suarez but I imagine Don, Dan's got to have a far more discerning sweet palate more along the lines of Buffon or Pirlo a touch of class now I don't know if anybody's met Dan Burke but a touch of class is not the uh... he always eats garlic chocolate, chocolate all day you know <laughs> that lovely garlic chocolate also this this email gave me the image of myself but with Luis Suarez's teeth and that's quite a particular image because his teeth are like yours. Impressive. They're impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not quite Roberto Firmino, but they're impressive. But uh, no, I don't. I have a very classy taste when it comes to chocolate. And Dan is the, is the opposite, let's say. Anyway, we've come to the final preview podcast of this season. It's the Bundesliga. And to start off these, as is our new tradition, uh, I'd like to go around the room and you can all give us one reason why you're very excited for the new season. I'm... Lewis, you can you can go first. The title race. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're talking about Bundesliga, right? Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Other than the title race? Uh, uh, the, the race below that, immediately below that. I think there's no... A few years ago, obviously, Dortmund was kind of the standout team. But now I think there's very little separating Schalke, Dortmund, Leipzig, Leverkusen, Hoffenheim. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Helga? Um, I think we're going to talk about it later, but, uh, you know, Werder Bremen, I'm really, really excited and get my hopes crushed in 
couple of weeks then. We did have a Vetter Bremen part, but I'd actually draw an X through it. But maybe, oh, we'll, maybe we'll get back to it. <laughs> Nico? I can't wait for Dortmund, to be honest. I really feel like last season was horrible. And uh, I like Lucien Favre. I think uh, Hager is a big, big fan either. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I just feel like this year they could actually be way better than last year and in front of Schalke, which might upset Benny a little bit. Oh, that's, that's already hurting in the beginning. Um, <laughs> I'm excited about what Luis said, like the race behind the title race. That is a single race by Bayern Munich. And of course, of the new season of Schalke and Fear. They played better than expected last season. No, they didn't play better, but they, <laughs> they ended up in the second place. And I want to see if they can end up in the at least fourth place maybe this season. Oh, they'll be higher than fourth. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll get predictions later. So. We'll get predictions later. Uh, should we start with Bayern Munich and get them out of the way? Um, how many points are they going to win by? 40, 10. 13. 13? Not I'd as many as last year, which yeah. was 21. Oh, okay. I'd Definitely like, not as many as last year. I'd say like something 17. It's still going to be super boring. Yeah. I said 25. Okay. 25? 25. Yeah. On a serious note, there is a new Bayern on the rise. And you were telling me about this the other day, Benny. Um, they've taken a real new approach this season. Or yeah, have they? I think they failed to get a real manager. So they got Niko Kovac oh. in first place. <laughs> and then they decided to step back from this high uh, ambitions to like Champions League or whatever. They just want to rebuild their team. I mean, Robin and Ribéry are getting older and older. And also some parts of the <clears throat> of the defense like Boateng, Hummels and all these players. So they want to rebuild. They want to build a second team in the back. So they started to buy uh, cheap for, for Bayern, uh, for cheap players, German players. Uh, looking for for German of uh, upcoming German national players, uh, they want to rebuild the second row, I think. And this is they will dominate the league with this team for sure. But I think they step back from saying uh, we want to win the Champions League this year because they don't want. They don't so want it. it's almost more of an identity thing. Yeah, it's identity. I think they realized uh, we didn't bring up any youth player uh, after Thomas Müller, for example, uh, and they completely rebuilt in the youth academy and bring in all the old Bayern players like Miroslav Klose is training the U17 and they bring in all back all the old um, the old players. So the old Mir San Mir gefühl they always talk about, uh, like this we are one club, one family that we all hate in Germany, for example. Um, and they just try to rebuild this identity. And this is Strictly Germany-focused. I think Uli Hoeneß really believes that this can be like a world dominance thing, but he's wrong. Um, I think they just focus on Germany for the next two years, and then we will see what's going to happen. Uli Hoeneß, is he I, wrong with this? Absolutely. But Uli Hoeneß has been wrong with basically everything he said yeah. in the last year. Especially his taxes. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I honestly, like, I like Uli Hoeneß, and I still give him all the respect he deserves for what he did with Bayern, how he, how he built him up. But like everything he said in the last year was complete garbage. And by the way, I feel like this is not a new Bayern. It's more like a back to the roots Bayern because yeah. this is what they've done like for 30 years to the Bundesliga yeah. by every good German kid they see. And um, New in the sense that they've had previously gone for so slightly bigger signings. It started with like the Guardiola. Uh, Rodriguez, Guardiola and, you, uh, and before that with uh, Luis van Gaal. That's when they started signing like players from abroad that like actually bring in expensive players. But um, well, it didn't work out in the last few years and now they're back to what they did best. And um, just like Benny said, I feel like it's not even going to be a race for the title. They're just going to basically jog there, walk there. Um, but a Champions League, it's yeah, it's out of reach for them. You, uh, you're a fan of Kovac. Oh, I am. Like so, my team is Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, he brought us the cup the first time for 30 years. Um, even though at that point we already knew he would go to Bayern. Um, and yeah, I really like him. I actually met him for the first time 
few weeks ago at the International Champions Cup um, in a press conference where he completely trashed me in a five-minute <laughs> rant. Um, and what did you ask him? What, so, look, I've, in the last three years, I've seen every single anti-Frankfurt game or the, uh, full-time. I haven't missed a second. And you could clearly tell that in the end of the season, the last two seasons, the team was tired. Not maybe... But, you couldn't... Well, let me tell you a story. Yeah, but Radetzky so, said to himself, like, one of the... Of course, they, it was obvious. They were. Like, maybe not with when you look at the walk, uh, the, the running data and stuff like that, but clearly in their heads, they were slow. They were always a, a second slow to everything. So I asked him, look, you're now coaching Bayern first time. Uh, you're having, like, uh, three cups, actually, competing in Champions League as well. And three, three days before the press conference, he just said that from now on, Bayern is going to train 45 minutes longer than it did beforehand. So I asked him, aren't you afraid that uh, you team will run out of steam to the end of the season. Um, and he looked at me and was like, um, thanks for the question. And then he started. <laughs> and he was like, so you say Eintracht Frankfurt was tired last season, huh? Let's look at the 10th to last match day. We played play Bayern away, first in the table. Ninth to last, Dortmund, home, third at the table, Hoffenheim, away. And he started... <laughs> <laughs> he honestly he was really nothing. waiting for this question out of thin right? air he, he started good. telling me every single match they played <laughs> then he, he finished then he said like all 10 of them then he said and if you look at the, the running data the, the distance we ran it clearly shows we weren't tired and uh, maybe you have to do better research thanks for the question and then he uh, ended the press conference right? and that was the last question so I couldn't even <laughs> oh. I couldn't even answer but after the press conference, he walked up to me, shook my hand, and we actually talked for another three minutes. And this is, now we come to the part why I believe that Kovac is going to be brilliant at Bayern, because he managed to make me look like a complete fool in, in front of the entire press, um, and basically showed off how much he knows about football, how much he's into everything, every single aspect of it. And after the talk I had with him, even um, the one, even me, the, the person that got trashed was like, well, he's a nice guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a politician. He's perfect with the media. And that's why I'm, I just feel like they could even like, I don't know, get, get knocked out of the cup and like out of group stage. And he'd still be Bayern coach because nobody. Did you need a hug afterwards? I, I, he, he actually gave me one. Isn't that sweet? He's a, he's a brilliant guy. I really, okay. I really think he's, he's a good coach. What, and what is he, like you've, you've watched so much of him at Frankfurt. Yeah. What's he going to bring then to Bayern? Will he change anything? Or He's a super flexible coach when it comes to tactics. Um, he's not afraid of um, playing super um, like defensive football if that's needed. Um, like maybe I'm a bit of a fanboy here, but for example, I'd say with Niko Kovac, the, the Real Madrid semifinals wouldn't have happened in the same way that happened because Bayern ran into two counters and lost the got knocked out of the Champions League. Um, and I just feel like Kovac is not afraid to play a nasty style of football. Let's be honest here. If that's if that's it, what it takes to win a game, and Bayern has actually never had a coach like that, right? At yeah. least not in the last no. like ten years. Not and there's always been the idea that they have to dominate the game. But and yeah, but I, I but I think the team have to have to react to that because, like, for example, in the Pokal against a no-name team out of nowhere, they played like way more defensive or waiting for like counterattacks or whatever. And this, is, I don't think they have any game in the Bundesliga where they are allowed to run a counterattack. I mean, if if they don't attack, no one will attack, and every <laughs> match will go nil-nil or whatever. And uh, I think 
the players have to adapt the style of Niko Kovac and understand that they switch the style of playing. And I think they are all used to offensive football and being the dominant part. And when you now uh, have a coach that likes the to be more like a reacting style and no one does anything you can react on, uh, that will be very boring. I think this the start, the first five matches will be very interesting for Bayern Munich, especially first game against Hoffenheim. They are like super, uh, they can switch their tactics within minutes. And I think Bayern is not that flexible in their head because they always had the same style of play for the last five years or whatever. Okay. How will they do in Europe? I think the, the, this thing with what Nico just said can help them actually because before they try to dominate a lot of the games and then they yeah, they conceded the goals in the end, this time they, they're going to be a little bit more reactive, a little bit more um, yeah, flexible when it comes to this. In the league, I see it the same way. They, they're going to play against a lot of teams who are going to park the bus. I've never heard Kovac talk about any possession ideas so or like, like positional play or whatever. He seems like he just wants to do a transition game, which is going to be very tricky in the Bundesliga. But can they do? Can they go further in Europe? Yeah, because of the reasons Hoge and Nico have just said. I think the I think Bayern's big problem, you go back to this early harness, this new idea, I think their big problem this summer was that Antim Martial was completely available and they stuck with 35-year-old Ribéry and 34-year-old Robin. Yeah. It's a massive, massive mistake. United would have sold Martial in a heartbeat if they could have, and mm. he would have been a perfect long-term replacement for those guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sticking to you know, more German roots and that kind of thing could not pay off, I think, you know, in the pretty short term, not just the long term. In Europe, yeah, you guys are right. The, he wants to react to Kovac. I think that's another reason the Bundesliga might get more interesting in the next couple of years, is if Bayern can't work on things to break teams down, then they're not going to win as many points as they have in the last few seasons because every single team turns up at, in Munich and says, well, break us down. Mm. If they haven't got a plan to do that, then they might start to struggle in home games and become a bit frustrated. But in Europe, it should actually help them. How come Boateng is still there? Honestly, I just feel like no, like Bayern is looking for like 50 million euros <laughs> yeah. or something like that and mm. nobody's willing to pay that because oh, okay. even though Boateng is just 29... Let's there's, be honest, he looks older. Of, there's a lot of games in his yeah, legs. He was it's, injured for like nearly yeah. two seasons. The the same with you can't go onto the market and publicly be really desperate to sell somebody yeah. but then demand a huge price. It doesn't yeah. really work. And even, even like PSG. PSG already bought Kera, which is like, I don't know why, but they bought a defender. <laughs> uh, and then you afterwards you go there and say, oh, Boateng only wants to go to PSG. That closes the market for every other club and then yeah. it's done. So you don't have to say anything if you want to sell them. Or you sell them to anywhere, anywhere else. Okay, there's probably enough Bayern talk for now. Um, outside, I mean, you've all said that they're going to win by 20-odd points, but there's no team that can realistically even run them a little bit close, even even for the winter title? I, the only one I see, more or less, would be Dortmund if they sign a good striker. But also they are... <laughs> What's not but, going to happen? <laughs> but also they are in a... In a Transition phase as well with with Fava. I don't know how fast this will all work, but other than that, I don't see any of the teams having a squad that could compete over I would have, over a longer. I would disagree time. and say Leipzig is on the list because Rangnick, Ooh. when he's a coach, he always proves to be his teams are always ready. I mean, he was a Schalke coach. 
we won against Inter Milan uh, 5-2. When was that? Uh, well, but he was a coach in this. He just came in one week before and changed the team completely. And here's the here's the ability. Back when Ole Hernes was making sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he was paying taxes, yeah. Pagni doesn't make any sense either, to be honest. <laughs> I got Leverkusen, to be honest. Yeah, Leverkusen yeah. is also like, interesting. Leverkusen has to be a bit more consistent. That was their problem last year. But they had like glimpses where it felt like, wow, this team And they could kept be. all their players. Yeah, yeah. they, they, didn't they, lose they strengthened, anybody. they signed Haletsky. Yeah. yeah. And they. They've kept Brandt, they've kept Bailey. They have yeah, Paulinho, yeah. a young guy for the midfield again. They will sell for 80 million euros next year. <laughs> I, mm. And I totally believe in Kai Havertz as a breakout breakout star yeah. this season. I think this is going to be his year. I mean, yeah. this, that kid is 19. He played 60 Bundesliga games already. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to do well, but I don't think they, they're going to be on the same level as to compete with Bayern mm. at, until winter. Like maybe yeah, the that's the thing. Weeks, Bayern, is just, couple of months, but Bayern is just so far ahead. Nagelsmann was talking recently. Uh, he said, uh, I want uh, this last year to be even more successful than the others. I always strive for maximum achievement and maximum achievement would be winning the Bundesliga title <laughs> hypothetically that's true <laughs> yeah you it's, want pie, it's pie in the sky isn't I mean, it really maximum <laughs> achievement is winning every single match yeah. so he's right I mean, you, like you want to hear it from your coach don't you let's be honest yeah, sure. yeah you want I mean, to but if you're in Hoffenheim and you know he's leaving next year to like a way more uh, attractive club from his, his position I think he, he has a weak position in Hoffenheim right now because for two years He played uh, over the limits for the, with his teams, and now they're all expecting like again the Champions League or third place or second place. And as long as he has another like streak, uh, losing streak, uh, I think he got fired beforehand because then the situation comes up that they say, oh, maybe his head is already in Leipzig and he's already searching for the players and whatever. Mm. We get rid of him. So I think Hoffenheim will will a bit struggle this season. I don't think we, that we we'll see them. We shouldn't sleep on Hoffenheim signing though. I really like what they did in the transfer window. I think Bittencourt and Grifo both are. Really underrated in, in in the Bundesliga. Yeah, but they didn't prove they, anything like that. One good season. They lost Marco Ut and Serge Gnabry. They lost Marco so, Ut, yeah, they lost Gnabry and Ut, that's true. But Kramaric was on fire late last season. So if he can contain that, like that would be good. And honestly, Bittenkurt, telling you right now, he's going to be really good this season. I still think they're slightly worse than last year. A little bit. Like they lost two key players and they brought in three you know, possibly good signings. But <clears throat> so far, they, they haven't really... Gnabry play, played like 21 games, though. He was injured. And and he scored like seas. 11 goals, I think. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone back to Bayern, right? Yeah. yeah. Which leads me to the question, who has had the best transfer window? Who do you think, Helga? What do you think, Helga? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be modest. I'm going with Schalke. Yeah, Schalke was good. But yeah. Bremen was also very good. Well, but Bremen got uh, the guy who you're in love with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, David Klaassen is one of the greatest signings you can make in the summer, especially for this price. I just saw him playing twice against my club Schalke 04 and he completely destroyed them. He's a bit slow, but he's like a he's good for Werder Bremen because they have like a tradition of slow playmakers uh, <laughs> who have the genius in their foot and That's I think true. David Klaassen is kind of that guy and the people will love him. Uh, he's from the Netherlands, that's always cool. They are chilled. And I think he will he will be one of the one of the big stars of the season if he don't get uh, injured or whatever. I think he's the one of the best signings for this price. I don't know how Bremen afford that. Um, how much did they get him for in the end? We struck gold, like, like 13 and a half million. Yeah. Nothing. Can we you just, didn't even get just, a championship player for that these days. Can we just talk about that you actually said Schalke had the best transfer window? I, I want to hear why. It's way can. better than Dortmund. Like, Schalke, that wasn't the question. Schalke lost Goretzka yeah. and Maya well, yeah, and sure. Kera. Yeah. Maya, Kera, Maya, two, Maya didn't free. play for Maya, two years. <clears throat> Goretzka was hurt the Maya last one and a half season. season. And Kira was just a backup in the defense. Man so. had a really good hit in the last season. Yeah. But then he didn't play at all in the, in the second But half. You don't the season, want to play at the really club, so why, don't, why should no, you No, like if, if you think it's good to get rid of players that don't want to play for you, 
that's good, but losing your best player. Yeah, yeah. was definitely not the best no, player. Correct. And we got Mascarell, who is quite good. You know that. And we got like young guys who Serda, We give him a year uh, to to develop, and also Sripsky from the second league who can develop. And I think they had a very Salif clever. Salif came over there. Mark Salif Udes, Sané is, Mark really is finally a striker that scores a lot of goals for yeah. them. So I think actually they improved. Zane and Nalo, that is frightening for yeah. any opponent when it comes to corners. That's it. And you don't need Kera like the little kid in the row. You have, now you have Nastasic, Sané, and <laughs> Naldo. Yeah, I mean, they're essentially rebuilding their midfield. They're rebuilding the whole uh, team, I think. I mean, that was uh, definitely needed uh, in mm -hmm. the last years, and they, I think, they try to um, get players um, who they can give like kind of an identity with the club. And they didn't pay that much. Like Dortmund paid 25 million euros for Diallo, an, aver an average, an average defender in the Bundesliga, and they played. I don't, I'm not convinced by Axel Witzel and also not by Thomas Delaney, but I said that so many times that no one believes me. Um, they paid so much money because they are Borussia Dortmund. And this was like uh, um, Schalke signed maybe the same amount of players and maybe even the same quality or a bit lower, but spent way less money on it. And this, and they've this got is, Tedesco to a new deal too. Yeah. Is he going to lead them back? I mean, you're a bit skeptical, but you, they could, he could lead them back to the heights of last season. I don't think they will go in second place, but the goal is Champions League, and I think this will definitely is definitely uh, this is happening. Okay, uh, how good is Kara, by the way? How good? Yeah, I am not it's convinced a lot of money. by him. Against I saw him against Ajax Amsterdam against Amin Yunus. It was the worst game in his life. After seventy <laughs> minutes, he had dead eyes, staring at people like, "What the fuck is happening?" And he's both playing against Amin <laughs> Yunus, yeah, who isn't, yeah, who is like fast, and I, I don't think that he's. That good defender that you have to pay 38 million for it, but thank you PSG, okay. you got him. He won't play there again. Definitely a deal of the year for sure. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Just, out okay. of nowhere, I don't know what happened. It just happened. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like, yeah, he's going to PSG. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, Benny's already hit out at Dortmund's has, yeah. transfer policy. What have you made of it all? Okay, so no Schürrle, the big elephant. Oh yeah, no Andre Schürrle, but they couldn't get a fee from for him from the Premier League, which is worrying. Uh, the the obvious big elephant in the room is the striker situation. Dortmund have Dortmund tried to sell Aubameyang from like 14 months ago and in the end didn't sell him last summer and in January. So they've known for, let's say, over a year that they had to sign a striker and they still haven't identified which striker that should be. They're blaming the high market prices and that they kind of that thing. Before. Yeah, exactly. And when you sell Dembele and Aubameyang for a combined almost 200 million euros, you probably have enough money to find a striker from somewhere. <laughs> and you buy uh, Divock Origi for 40 million. Well, That's yeah, okay. apparently. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, the loan move for in January for Batshuayi, they justified only making a loan move to give themselves six more months to find the perfect fit for the team and haven't used the six months to find a perfect fit for the team. Why they didn't go for him? Why did it yeah. just? I mean, he ended up on loan that's in Valencia interesting question. and with a buyout, like buying clause, no? Yeah, and from all I know, Vatske said like not too long ago. He said we're absolutely willing to spend more than sixty million euros on a player if necessary. Hmm. Well, that was obviously not true because then Batshuayi would have ended up in Dortmund because he wanted to go to Dortmund. Hey, he seemed such a good fit last season. Yeah, he played well last season, but it is a new coach. So yeah. we don't know exactly what the fit would be. And we've all seen Favre in the Bundesliga before get a team to the Champions League without a striker yeah. uh, playing basically two number 10s or he calls them nine and a half. And that's how he's described Marco Royce and Mario Goetze and Maximilian Philipp is the same who had a really good debut season with Dortmund last season. 
I think I think the transfer window is better than Benny thinks. The other hole that people talk about is in goal, but Roman Burkey's already kept Dortmund in the cup against the second division team this week. I think the names that are linked with Dortmund as a goalkeeper aren't better than Burkey. So if you can't improve, don't spend 20 million euros on Kevin Trapp. No, do you have a backup like Hitz? Who is yeah. quite, he's a good goalkeeper. Exactly. He's not like excellent. Is but... a oh, too. Apparently. Oh, yeah. And, uh, or I think giving Liverpool 30 million for Divock Origi would already be enough of a charitable donation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Vitzel is a good signing. I think Thomas Delaney, Helga knows more about, it, is a really good signing. Yeah. Um, and I like Diallo as well. I think Diallo is really good on the ball, which is when Dortmund have 70% possession in games is actually really important for a centre-back. Uh, Diallo, and they signed Akanji in January, who looked really impressive in the second half of last season. And Diallo as well, you have to consider it's not just who you've signed, but if he improves on Socrates, which he absolutely does. And he's, he's just 20, 21. We got to keep that yeah. in mind. I'm with you there, Lewis. I actually think that Dortmund has a at least decent transfer window. And Marius Wolf as well, who had a nice debut last week. That was, uh, but this is a no-brainer. You just yeah, keep him in like, mind. They need like a tattooed player because they lost Grosskreutz a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when he got Marco Reus, who has his own name on his forearm. Yeah, that's when true. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own name on his forearm? He used yeah. to. And he, he stays, and he so you don't forget. Birth, right? It was honestly, yeah. that is the worst tattoo I've ever seen. It said Marco and his day of birth. like fifth. No, I think Danny Alves actually has Danny Alves tattooed across his chest so yeah but you don't know if the police ask no, you and then you can't remember you just look at your arm and then you see the information you been, need you know if you've been partying and you're drunk that's it he answer's right there he, he hasn't a driver the license for years so maybe he needs it for like identifying <laughs> when police came so uh, what are you expecting under under five in his first season uh, everybody that sort of buzzword or phrase coming out of the club the whole summer has been balance every time a player is interviewed now they talk about a balance between attack and defense oh god all of that was lacking last year under peter Bosch. it was all out attack and no mind paid to the defense under peter stoger it was neither and all of the players not even told how to attack so they were still wide open at the back and couldn't express themselves going forward it was just hideous to watch um it might take a little bit of time but i think things will get a lot better as long as Favre doesn't try and resign. Again. I think the the, <laughs> yeah, the interesting uh, situation will not be on the pitch but beside the pitch because like uh, Zorg and Vatska are so dominant and Favre hates that if someone steps in for his things. and then, They then had he just... such big problems with Thomas Tuchel yeah, and Favre is a pretty abrasive yeah. personality mm. as well. And Sama and Kel have been brought into the club I think probably to there's mediate. A lot. Yeah, there's a lot of people with, with the alpha genes in there and like yeah. Favre is not even in like an alpha animal. He's just like to take have, have control over everything. And if you always have like the talking Robert uh, Akivatsko on your side, who gives a statement every week about the whole league and the situation in the world and poverty and all that, uh, it's it's quite tough. <laughs> Honestly, to, as a Dortmund fan, <laughs> the most frustrating thing about Akivatska is he'll give an interview and there'll be ten questions and eight of them he'll answer brilliantly, and then the last two will be the headlines because he says the dumbest thing in <laughs> yeah. the world. Yeah. And then <laughs> he says, and then he says, I won't say anything for the next couple of weeks yeah, and then the it. next yeah. day next he gives another interview, interview. Or, or okay. he says that he won't speak about a particular topic again and then the next time he's asked about it he can't help himself yeah. there are magazines that bet on like if yeah. can we get him for an interview and answer a question <laughs> on like uh, world poverty or whatever and he will and do he will definitely yeah. do they were Dortmund were very distant for 29 points behind Bayern last season you'd expect them to make that up this yeah. season yeah, okay, you're optimistic better, yeah. about it. Especially because... 55 points last season, it's like... Yeah, it was... In a, in a regular season that's not even a European place. Exactly, it was just a weird season where everybody yeah. kind of broke down behind Bayern. Yeah. And, yeah. 
the celebrity and I really think they signed good midfielders there as well to for for Fabre. I think it's going to yeah. work out well because Delaney's actually I think he's underrated, especially by Benny. Mm-hmm. I like he's, Delaney too. He's yeah, yeah you all like him. He's nice. For and he's actually going to make a good balance player that would work with. Him. I oh, principally yeah. just like him because he's got an Irish name. Uh, that's good enough for me. Let's. You want to talk some Bremen? My world is so sure. easy. My world is very easy. <laughs> I like to talk about Bremen. Okay, so uh, they are green. You might like them. Yeah, again, <laughs> and they've got the, well, they got a great jersey this yeah. season yeah. too. Sure. Uh, much better than the Hertha, where they're three different shades of blue. I don't know what they're. Yeah, that is. That was a <laughs> shocker. Okay. Absolute shocker. Uh, so they had a bit of a transfer fairy tale summer. We talked a little bit about it, but maybe you can yeah. tell us more. That was really, really weird because at first I was a little bit worried um, after they signed Hanik and um, uh, Osako because they spent quite a lot of money and I thought, we're, we're running out of it. Like, we need midfielders. What are you doing? Then, as we already talked about, they signed the record signing of all the times in David Klassen, which was really the, the player they needed. The record signing is 13 million. Yeah. Welcome to Germany, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Ronaldo, Ronaldo doesn't even get out of bed for 13 million. In Champions League times, the, the most we spent was 8 million on a player. Wow. So we, because Bremen used to be brilliant when it came to transfers. If you have a question days. coming up about why days. German clubs aren't doing well in Europe, I think it was just answered. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, it's not all about I, don't, I don't know if we have enough time for that, but anyway, no, c- but yeah, continue so on with your Bremen. That's exactly what we needed, like more, um, more danger, kind of like out of midfield for like more goals out of midfield. Uh, then, which is really impressive, is that we kept a lot of the players. Which is we signed Delaney, which was planned beforehand. But we we kept Pavlenka, we kept Moisander, we kept Velkovic, we kept basically all our defenders. Ludwig Augustinsson, two out of those Augustinsson and Pavlenka are going to get big offers next year, most likely. Um, got in Pizarro, which is always nice. It's <laughs> <The fifth laughs> all you need. Time. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> the fifth time. I mean, he's, he's still even playing football. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and we got Bamer, which is like a nice add-on, and Mubal as well, which nice add-ons for for the bench more or less. Which so this le- is like really shaping up to be a good team. Which leads us to ask: Are they gonna the signing is gonna propel them? At a mid table into that European First, we spot, get be, <laughs> we have to be propelled into mid table. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was looking at it from an optimistic <laughs> point of view, but no, I think seriously, this can end up somewhere between 10 and 7, which would be really nice already. A successful season, then for us, it would be, yeah, but maybe even like, depends on how the other teams are doing. Maybe there are some struggling teams and we could like kind of you know slip into Europe, but yeah. The thing is, it feels like actually Bremen belongs there, at least for me. Like, yeah. As a long term Bundesliga fan, it's just like Bremen has to be like top five, top seven. So the last few years were actually kind of frustrating. Right? That's the annoying thing. We are discussing first about Hoffenheim and yeah, Leipzig. And Leipzig. These, uh, you know what? Clubs <laughs> made out of Bremen plastic, likes? and then oh, really? we come to Bremen in the end. The, yeah, the pure well, Bundesliga I'd, genes in there. But it's gives it's give the listeners something to you know some sort of meet at the towards the end of the podcast yeah, so that they it, haven't. Yeah. You know. Now they are naked and laying in the in the, what? In the water <laughs> what? and they can relax. They're relaxing. Yeah. Listen to the cool clubs. No, exactly. What Bremen lacks. Like, Bayern got Hoeneß, Dortmund got Watzke, RB got Rangnick. And um, so they all got people that talk way too much. And Hoffenheim got Nagelsmann. So they yeah. all have one of those. I think Bremen needs that to be a, to be a Bremen is sharp who never talk. Yeah, yeah, but we need somebody who talks life. a lot of shit apparently in Germany to become mm. a successful club. We have yeah. to learn to explain shit, Hanover. But just not very loud. Bauman yeah. just doesn't know how to talk. He's brilliant and transfer, but he's he's completely like when he sits in front of a microphone, he just doesn't know what to say. I love like my favorite thing is when we were signing Augustinsson a half a year before he was asked about it, and he's like, No, we've never talked to Ludwig. 
I'm like, why are you on a first name basis with him? Like, wow, what, what is this? <laughs> and when you signed Kofeld, he said, well, yeah. he wasn't our first choice, but now we have to take him. We tried to get a better coach, but well, three weeks we later, find one. It's a two-year contract. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to jump into some predictions in two minutes, but I really want to know about Fortuna, Dusseldorf and Nuremberg, the two teams that come up from Bundesliga Zwei. Not my beloved Kiel, Benny. Yeah, that's it. I not think my that's stocks. why you want to talk about it. You want to know the reasons why your beloved Kiel is not in the Bundesliga, right? <sighs> I think they failed. Uh, <laughs> They're not failing against Hamburg. I'm yeah, sorry, but I think both both teams are for me the first teams that go down. Oh, they're going down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they don't have like Nuremberg is boring on the one hand, and they didn't have any good signing in the summer. They just rely on a striker Ishak, uh, who is good, but I think he's that kind of striker that is too good for the second league, but too bad for the first league. So he's like in between. Mm. Um, and Düsseldorf, like. I don't know. I don't even know why they are in the Bundesliga. When you see well, it there, when they see it, their team, it's just like a team of players who failed in the Bundesliga and come back and play now in Düsseldorf to get back to the Bundesliga. And they're keeping my beloved Kiel down. Yeah, but they have a lovely coach. Düsseldorf really has a, lo a lovely coach. Legend. 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 Yeah. He was like, the, I think he's the coach that coached the most games in the second actually, league. Yeah, and he's, no, the this year, since Hank is out, he's actually the, the coach with the mo uh, most Bundesliga yeah. uh, coach. Uh, and like his okay. club forced him the, to, um, to give every interview he's giving to them so that they can cut out every sentence and he said, fuck you, I don't want this. And he's just giving di interviews directly to journalists, which is quite untypical for Germany. That's amazing. That's cool. That yeah. is, that is just, pretty amazing. Just real quick on Nuremberg, I honestly feel like I haven't, in the last few years, I haven't seen a squad that is less of a Bundesliga squad than Nuremberg yeah. is this year. It's crazy. Okay. And this sort of just like last year in the second division, they managed to be quicker in attack than most other teams. And that's all, that's all fine. But if you... Just barely quicker in the second division, you're going to have a lot of trouble in the first yeah. division. Okay. Because you're not going to play attacking football anymore. When Nuremberg got promoted, the, the sporting director already said, we have four million to sign players, which is... <laughs> That's not going to get How many are you going to sign? Like one or two? Mm -hmm. Okay, we need to get on to predictions because we're, yeah, we're getting close to the end point here. Uh, first manager sucked. Benny? Niko Kovac. <laughs> no, it's Adi Hütter from Eintracht Frankfurt. Okay. Of course. It's likely, but I'm taking Bruno Labbadia from Wolfsburg. Oh, well. Going for Adi Hütter as well. He's going to be in the gun oh, on, probably boys. five weeks. <laughs> Kovac? I'd love to see Rangnick sack himself. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> okay. What a press conference. Uh, <laughs> then he changes the chair. <laughs> and here's our new coach. Um, who's going down? Uh, Nuremberg and, uh, and Dusseldorf and Hannover in the relegation place. Taking, taking my prediction. Yeah, Nuremberg, Dusseldorf going straight and Hannover relegation. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, all around. I no. also would bring in Mainz 05. Yeah. Who, like, no chance of Wolfsburg going down? Yeah, Wolfsburg no. is... I think they are too good on an individual level and they won't uh, fail again like last season. Oh, keeping I think it's just funny because the midfield teams in the Bundesliga all spend a lot of money this yeah. year. So it's basically the two teams who got promoted. There's going to be probably Hanover, Freiburg, Augsburg, Mainz, all those teams playing against relegation. Mm, can't wait. Not Frankfurt, though. Who is going to be? <laughs> they're going to be in there, but they're going to change the coach and then. Yeah. Who's going to be surprise like package? For me, it would be, let's say, VfB Stuttgart. I liked how they signed six players in one hour in the summer break. It was very <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Six young Spaniards or Portuguese player in one hour, um, and I think they have a good manager with Michael Reschke, and they have a, they have like uh, they won't be like in the in the Europa League in the end, but I think they will be have will be a good team and playing interesting, and it's one of the most interesting team in the Bundesliga right now. Yeah, okay. I totally agree. They have a great mix of like actually super talented young players and players. They're like forty six and played 
500 <laughs> games in the Bundesliga. And I actually feel like they could compete for the EuroLeague. Nice. I don't think so at all because Cork, they have like the, the best coach to play boring football. They're going to end up like 10th plays, 1-0s, 1-1s all around. The <laughs> guy is saying that that's club playing against the relegation the last four years with a strong attacking football <laughs> like Werder Bremen. eight, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, two, two years, years ago. <laughs> for four Lewis, years. Your one word answer for... Leverkusen. Leverkusen, thank you very much. Okay, I want your <laughs> top four, but I want them four to one. Four to one is uh, Leipzig, Schalke, Dortmund, Bayern, Munich. Nico. Schalke, Dortmund, Leverkusen, Bayern. Leverkusen second. I believe in them. <laughs> Schalke, Leverkusen, Dortmund, Bayern. Schalke, Leverkusen, Dortmund, Bayern. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's all from us today. My thanks to Helga Lewis, Nico, Benjamin. We'll be back next week with our usual pan-European podcast. We'll speak then. Thank you.